Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another edition of the Believe in Mavs podcast, first episode of 2023. I'm your host, Wyatt Huskins, alongside Alex Tosopoulos. And Alex, it was a come-from-behind victory last night against the Rockets as the Mavericks win. And we talked a lot about Luka the last episode. Besides Luca, these last three games since we recorded, I want to start off by giving the other guys a little bit of love. What have you seen in whether it's a play, whether it's a specific player, whether it's a maybe a style and energy from a certain non Luca Maverick that you've seen over the last three games and, and really the last seven games since this winning streak started? What have you seen from the non Luca guys that you really think has contributed to this win streak? Well, I think um, for me, you know, as as Mavs Twitter loves to say after every game or at least after every game on this seven game winning streak, which is the longest since, two, 2011. since 2011, which that's incredibly impressive. Um, I can't believe we were a top six seed in the West last year and we didn't have a win streak longer than seven games. Um, but it makes sense. And I think that that team obviously was was very different in some ways uh, in comparison to this year's team. And the main major reason is that last year we had Jalen Brunson and this year we have Christian Wood. And that's my guy that I want to bring up. Um, and I, I bring up Mavs Twitter because obviously, you know, they like to joke that that they were the, the reason and impetus behind starting Seawood, that they knew all along that that was the right decision. Um, of course. It certainly, it certainly has been the right decision. And I think for me, it's not one play, um, but it's, it's just, uh, you know, the chemistry that is being built between him and Luca. And then additionally, it's his um, application of effort on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he had five blocks last game. Huge. And I think he's really, really understanding that if he works hard on the defensive end with his length, he can get some easy blocks and that can turn into some quick buckets on the opposite end for the Mavericks. Yeah, I thought that last night he had, what did he get, 21 points, I believe. Yeah. That was in the box score. He had more points in that actual game. But, I mean, just his his contributions, like you said, on the defensive end and then putting up 21. I, I thought I thought for sure when I looked at the box score, I try not to look at it throughout the game, although I do have an issue of doing that. I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh, every five minutes, I'm like, okay, I got to stop doing this. Well, but it, depends, when I it check- depends, if I, depends if I bet on a, a player prop for points or not. That's yeah. very fair. Yeah. That's very fair. Dude, last year, I, I haven't been able to continue this this year because of Christian Wood, but no hate to Christian Wood. But last year, my my go-to player prop was an over on Dwight Powell points if he had a center that was similar in size to him. As long as it wasn't seven foot and up, I was always hammering the over on the player on the points props for Dwight Powell because it was yeah. always like nine and a half, ten and a half, something like that. Oh, it was such an easy over. I miss it so much. But back to Christian Wood. I thought when I looked at the box score at the end of the game, he was going to have 30 and like 10. And definitely, I, I didn't think five blocks. I thought like three blocks. But it was just an incredible effort on both ends of the court and really keeping us tied together um, when we were down. And in the first half, you know, some real struggles for this team outside of, a you know, Tim Hardaway and, you know, sometimes Christian Wood when he was able to make the three. It was a, it was a great come from behind victory. Uh, and... Yeah, it just feels good to win seven in a row, doesn't it? It just feels – it makes you feel happy. Yeah, and these were games that 
we needed to win. I mean, if you look at the opponents that we faced in this seven game win streak, uh, you know, you talk about the Lakers on Christmas day without Anthony Davis, you talk about the Timberwolves without, without Carl Anthony towns talking about the Rockets twice, right. Talking about the San Antonio Spurs who <laughs> the Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs, those games both went down to the wire. And obviously we didn't record a, an instant recap after that Spurs game, but um you know, that, that was a team that I thought played us really well. They have a lot of young guys, just like the Rockets do, that are really talented. Jeremy Sohan, I really, really like. I think he's yeah. the type of guy that would really thrive on the Mavericks with, you know, being just a 6'8", 6'9", playmaking kind of wing type uh, who can defend really, really well, get above the rim. Um, I thought that we played like a, a way more mature team than this Rockets team in this game from last night. I agree. Um, and obviously we have a lot, we have a lot more maturity on our team just from a, you know, average age standpoint outside of Eric Gordon, who actually had a really good bounce back game in comparison to his last game against the Mavericks. Um, you know, he shot really, really well, but Jalen green, you know, he, and, and Harp even said this on the, the Mavs broadcast, he said he really needs to work on his shot selection. And yes, well, I, I, I disagree with Harp on certain things. I do agree on this standpoint, because I think he was forcing it at the rim yes. a little bit too much and they weren't giving him those calls. Um, and that's something that as a player in the NBA, you kind of have to evaluate in the first and second quarter. And you understand like what the refs are going to let the other team defensively get away with from a contact standpoint. Um, but again, I thought Christian Wood really used his length to um, force some tough shots from Jalen Green and and he and, and KPJ, while I think they're really talented scorers, I do think that they kind of fall into a little bit of a trap of, of taking too many step back threes and um, trying to force too many shots. Shangun got into foul trouble. I thought we really forced the issue there. <laughs> that was I, thought, huge. I thought Luca did a really good job of kind of head hunting him. Um, same mm-hmm. thing with Spencer, but Shangun's a guy that gives us problems, right? Because he, he can really kind of assert himself um, within the paint and he scores so well within 10 feet of the hoop. I mean, you look at that guy's numbers. He, he's having a really, really good season. Um, yeah. And, and and obviously they have good length with guys like Jabari Smith, but when you rely on those guys to hit clutch shots and they haven't been in that position as an NBA player, you know, it, it's, it's not a surprise that they might fall short, right? That's something that you kind of have right. to, you have to get your sea legs underneath. You have to play multiple years before you're, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and you're really comfortable taking that step back too, um, to, to, you know, move that lead up to three points, but really, really gritty effort. Obviously the, the four point play was huge from Christian Wood. Luca shot yes. abysmally in the first half. And so I think, you know, everything was short, as you, as you said, um, before we got on, I think it was like six for 18 through, through the first two quarters or something like that. It was, it was not, oh, it was bad. I mean, he had, he had 10 points in the first half and like before you could even blink in the third quarter, he already had, he already had 10 points in the third and you were like, okay, Luca's back. His and he got, are and still he got himself, short, but he he's going to the going, rim. And he got himself going at the line, which, if you have a bad shooting day from the field, hopefully you have a good shooting day from the line. I feel like with Luca, it's always one or the other, right? Um, but it's, he actually, it's the Luca paradox. It's the Luca paradox. He's been shooting really well from the line recently, though. Um, at least in like the last five games. Because right. I mean, you can account for the the intentional free throw misses as well in there, and and still the percentage is quite high. Um, but Christian Wood is has been highly efficient in this win streak. Spencer had an off game, but again, I mentioned he hit that clutch bucket. Uh, Tim was ready to shoot the entire game. Reggie hit a couple of clutch threes as well. So I think our guys just, the non-Luca players stepped up um, and hit big shots. And that was instrumental in, in uh, you know, 
surmassing this 18 point deficit that we had in this game against the Rockets. Yeah, it was huge. I, I, you know, back to your Jalen green point, just real quick. Um, it's just a maturity thing. Like you were saying, I think he's a really talented player and I think it'll just take some time for him to figure out the NBA game a little bit more and when to pick his spots and when to pass up the shots. I saw several times where Jabari Smith was open and just Jalen green was like, nah, I got this and right. just took a shot and where, wherever he was on the floor. And it like, like you said, it's just going to take time. Uh, Shingun was causing us problems until the foul trouble. And, you know, with Christian Wood also being in foul trouble, especially in the second half when he got four fouls early in the third, that was really huge for us to stay together and stay in, in this game. Because if Shingun hadn't have had those foul troubles, I don't know if we make this comeback because he was – that guy is something. That guy is something else. I, I know we're obviously a Mavs podcast, but that guy is he's up there when already, in my opinion, one of the top centers, especially when it comes to playmaking. This kid can make these wild, almost Jokic like passes. Yeah. Um, and it's really exciting to watch. So Rockets fans, you have a lot to be excited for. And just to cap off this win, you know, when Woody came out in the fourth, right when we needed him to outside of outside of the rough first half. He came back when we needed him, which is exactly what you want a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie to be, right? Like, even if he does have those rough starts, you need him to be that mature playmaker that always comes through at the end of the game to say, hey, this is where we're struggling. Let me try something else. Let me try something different. Let me try to get my shot going. And then, you know, back to Seawood, just having a great game again. And when you take care of teams that you are supposed to take care of, you get to look forward to playing a team like the Boston Celtics, one of the top teams in the NBA, maybe my favorite to win it all this year. I don't know how you're feeling about that one. How are you feeling about this matchup coming up? I think it's a really exciting one. Obviously this is the second time we played them this season. They took care of business the first time around and beat us quite handily, which I think is a change of pace when you look at kind of the, the Tatum Doncic, um, rivalry that has brewed and all the, I, I don't think it's necessarily something that off the court actually exists, but on the court, they've always played competitive games against each other. Luca last year, he had the game winner. I think the year before that he hit a game winner against the Celtics. Um, so there's been some, you know, neck and neck, just games that these two guys have had against each other. And obviously I don't want to dismiss Jalen Brown. Cause I think he deserves to be in that conversation. If we're talking about superstars on both of these teams, um, it's it's a great test for us. I'm going to be interested to see if Josh Green plays. We definitely need him in there. Um, I expect that he and Doe will probably still be out. Obviously, we know Maxie's not coming back anytime soon. Um, that presents a massive challenge with this team as, as Brown and Tatum are both wings. Um, and they actually have some good guards who can defend with Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon, who I think a lot of people probably have as a front runner, if not contender for six man of the year award. And rightly so. Mm -hmm. um, and Robert Williams is now back and I know he's kind of yes. working himself into, to playing shape um, as Luca is one guy who likes to, you know, he likes to do that same thing. It's a little different with Rob will, of course, cause he was, he was hurt, um, but he's given us serious problems in past. And I mean, if you, if you remember that, that game against the Pistons where Killian Hayes had his unbelievable performance, Jalen Duran. I think was almost perfect from the field, like within yeah. within 10 feet. He probably had like eight dunks in that game. And obviously Robert Williams is, he's essentially the best version of that. Um, and, and he's even better um, just from a, from a shot blocking standpoint. And I've always felt like he, he has played Luca really, really well 
when Luca gets into the paint and drives, which not a lot of bigs can do. Um, uh, that was, you know, another one of my takeaways. It's kind of just a season takeaway from, from a Luca perspective, which is when he drives, obviously I know he has that, that unique change of pace, but I think he is, he's gotten even better at just manipulating guys with his shot fakes. Um, you know, we love the fake pass, right? We love the fake pass behind the guy's back. Of course, that's a lot of fun. He did that the other, who did he do that against uh, like a few, a few games ago? Oh, that was, was that not Christmas day? Was that not against the Lakers? I feel like that was against the Lakers for some reason. Yeah. Maybe it was Thomas Bryant or when you gave so that he got with, that. Oh, it was Gabriel. I'm almost sure it's gay. It was Gabriel. Yeah. But I just feel like he's almost turned into like, you know, we're talking about, okay. If the shot's not falling a superstar, one of the kind of things that everyone leans on is a guy like James Harden back in the day when he was leading the league in scoring is okay. I'm just going to get to the line, right? Like Giannis in the finals mm-hmm. when they, when they won against the Suns. Okay. I'm going to get to the line and hit 17 free throws. Um, Luca is almost has this ability to get like an automatic and one whenever he wants it now. And I, I he's done that in past, but I feel like the volume of how, how often he's doing it and how frequently he's doing it has gone up this year. Um, but all that to say, like, I think we're going to have to really hit our shots if we want to even sniff beating this Celtics team. And, and, yeah, when we're down our best yeah. defender, especially, it's uh, actually probably our best, I mean, our best two, three two defenders, our, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, um, I don't it's know about that, actually. Can I push back? Oh? Because I think yeah, one, of our best, one of our best defenders has also been the guy that averaged a 40-point triple-double in the last six games. I mean, what he's doing defensively, as far as making timely defensive clutch plays, which he did in this Rockets game again, he he was getting posted mm-hmm. by Shangun and he did the little reach around, um, you know, one of those clever defensive plays where you reach around, you use your length, you tip the ball out. We got out on the break and I think we scored on that next possession. Um, his defensive rebounding has been fantastic. And if he's not getting two hands on the ball, he's tipping it out to one of our players or you know, one of the offensive rebounders is having to foul him because he has that position and obviously he has that size. So I just, you know, defensive rating stats aside, because I know like he's top 10 in that and everyone's yeah. like, well, what does that mean? What does it not mean? Um, it's a metric. It's not the end all be all, but it is an indication that he's applying himself more and he's having more success when he's matched up against guys on the defensive side of the ball. And when you're seeing an effort, on the defensive end from Luka Doncic, you're going to see more effort from everybody. And that includes, I think, what we've seen, a major reason for why we've seen Christian Wood elevate his game, elevate his game enough to be a starter on this defensive-minded Mavericks team. I would I would say that Luka's still, I don't know, it's just one-on-one defense. is like my, it's where I automatically go when I think of defense. And I think that Doe, Maxi, and Josh are legitimately our best three one-on-one defenders in terms of perimeter defense and being able to switch and, and do all the different things that we need them to be. But you're 100% right that Luca has been so clutch defensively in all aspects of the game. Maybe not, you know, being he, I, what, what makes me so excited to see where he can continue to grow on this end is just his ability to stay square and not foul guys when they're getting around him even if they do get around him he's not fouling them and getting into foul trouble which is so huge when a guy is literally the heart and soul of your team and does quite literally everything for this team so i agree it's it's amazing to see and it will really propel us and you know maybe it'll be enough to squeak out this win i'm i'm 
I'm going to say I'm a little optimistic, maybe a little bit, but it, it's just going to be so tough missing three different guys that are so huge to this rotation when you have to play like Frank Nilakina. Although Frank has stepped up a little bit. It's just it's tough when you when he's like your first point guard off the bench. And uh, it's yeah, that's all I have I, to say about that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I Frank is a good defender. He's a really yeah. athletic defender. He's got great length for his size. I just, when the offense is flowing and we get into a rhythm where Luca draws a double, we swing it and we end up with a, a corner three and Luke and Frank is the one shooting that I am saying, as I watch, that's not a good shot, even Correct. though it's because he, he has not proven that he can hit consistently from behind the rim. And at that point, I, from behind the, the arc at that point, I'd rather see Christian Wood. Like there were times where Christian Wood was making the right basketball move last night where I actually wanted him to shoot, to, to confidently step up and shoot. And it's not that there was like a guy that was draped on him. There was a guy that would probably have like a last second closeout or it would have been a semi-contested three, but I actually would rather take right. that than a wide open Frank three. Same thing with Spencer, the way that he's shooting the three point shot. Obviously Tim has, yes no regards for guys being in front of him or, or not in front of him. He doesn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, that's my, own, that's my one issue with Frank is that he just can't, he doesn't look confident shooting it. Um, although he did have that awesome play in the Spurs game where, yes. he, where he, he threw the the fake behind the back on the break uh, Rondo style. That was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Um, I think I tweeted something about it at the time. Cause I was like, I think the Rondo be- fake. Yeah, that might be the best. That might be the best play that Frank's ever made in his NBA career. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. But no, I mean we've got our. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough game. I, it's I'm not be a ex- really tough game. We are at home, which always yes. bodes well for us. Um, we've been playing incredibly well at home, and I think you know it would be huge for us to kind of to win this game because so many people are looking at our last seven games and saying, "What does this really mean?" Right? You only blew out one team. Yes, you won seven games in a row. It's excellent from a win column standpoint. You know, if you want to have that conversation, fourth seed in the West. So yes, it, it was really, really meaningful. Um, but we know that when push comes to shoves, we get into the playoffs. We're not playing the Rockets for a seven game series, right? We're playing teams like the Celtics um, or, you know, teams like the Grizzlies, teams like the Pelicans, the Clippers who are still playing really, really good basketball. And then the Nuggets who I think, you know, you mentioned the Celtics as your front runners, it's hard for me not to say this Nuggets team. I think they're my number two. Yeah. I think they're easily my number two. They just, I mean, it's just the the case with both teams is there's just, they're not only so deep, but their starting lineup is just, I mean, it's just kind of killer from top to bottom. You look at the Nuggets, like you said, you got Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Aaron Gordon, Jokic, and then Michael Porter Jr. Like that is, that is scary. Not only you have two guys on the defensive end who are stoppers, but you like all those guys can score all of them in a variety of ways. And Jokic makes them better each and every one of them. And you have guys stepping up in limited minutes, like Christian Braun. Yep. Um, You know, he's a rookie. I think he's a guy that's only going to continue to get better. He's a good spot, a spot shooter, which is helpful. If you have Jokic on your team, you guys, guys that are excellent cutters like Bruce Brown Yep. and running that pick and roll spot. Um, I just think that I, I watched the game they closed out. I think it was against the heat. Um, and Tyler hero is actually playing really good basketball this year. I just want to throw mm-hmm. that out there. But what I saw 
from the Nuggets offensively in crunch time, last five minutes of the game, they're nearly unguardable. They have, they can do anything and everything on the court. All their guys move um, off ball. They are, they're playing with intention every time someone touches it. Jokic, I think I heard some ridiculous stat last year. He had like 350 more passes than any other player in the NBA. The guy, if he doesn't want to go at you, he moves the ball. And I'm actually seeing a concerted effort from Luca and, and kid mentioned something in a, in a post-game presser. I think he was like the next step in Luca's development is figuring out how we don't have to have the ball in his hand. So he doesn't have to take that physical beating from the defense um, game in game out over the course of a season. You know, that's where we need to get to with Luca and he needs to learn how to score off ball. He needs to learn how to, um, I think he trusts his teammates, but it's just a matter of like how he can be an effective player an effective superstar when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, we saw that corner three that he hit in this yep. game against the Rockets. I was just about that, to say that. And I think, I think even the what I mentioned two episodes ago about his offensive rebounding and that being kind of a new, new mm-hmm. trait that he's brought into his game this year. Um, that's a way to score off the ball. If another guy shoots it, you catch an offensive rebound and you put it back in. Look, two points for you, another rebound for your stats if you care about that. But it's also an easy bucket for your team. Um, so I think you know that's one way he can do it. But but obviously, like there's other ways that he can develop. Um, as a cutter, as a as a floor spacer with a catch and shoot threes that I'd like to see him slowly bring into the game. But I think that Jokic is kind of already there doing that stuff. Um, yeah. And they, it was just interesting. Interesting. So they're playing the Heat, and like two possessions in the row, they go, they get a pick and roll switch, and they throw it to Aaron Gordon in the post, and he's got Kyle Lowry on him. He gets two and ones in a row. Then yeah, they run it. Then they run a Jamal Murray pick and roll. Um, they sag off of Murray. He hits a, he hits a three off of the screen. Then they run it and Jokic catches it at the elbow and he hits an elbow jumper over Bam. Like they just seemed unguardable um, when I was watching them against a, a, a savvy defensive team. Right. I, I know that personnel wise, like the heat aren't necessarily the best, but they have Bam who's a great defender. Jimmy, who's a great defender. Lowry, when he doesn't have a big on him is a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I don't know, man, they're really dangerous. They're playing really incredible basketball right now and then i think the other team is the nets like that team is really hot right now and they have kevin durant who on any given night can be the best player in the nba and the best scorer in the nba yeah no those are totally fair um to bring up i think that it will be it'll be a super fun playoff run i think if all the teams knock on wood wherever that's at in this room which is nowhere if all of them stay healthy then we could be in for a absolutely killer playoff season and I am really, really excited about it. We're getting a record every night. Shout out to yeah. Donovan Mitchell, who scored 71 points last night. I oh, mean, that's insane. <laughs> you know, there's so much happening in, in the sports world and, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the Bills and yeah, and that whole situation. It, it's just tough to see so much sports going on, especially coming into the new year, Christmas season, holiday season. And then you don't even, you know, really think about, oh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points last night. Like how is it's, it's a really, the league is in a really good place, especially comparatively to a few years ago. Like when, I don't know about how you felt about the Warriors dynasty and the Cavs, you know, challenging them every year in the finals, but that was pretty terrible for basketball. In my opinion, I love basketball and I just couldn't bring myself to watch it because I was like, Oh, 
I know exactly what's going to happen this year. It's going to be the Cavs and Warriors, and then I'll watch, and it'll be fine. Like, I'll know exactly what I need to know for the entire season, and it won't affect me in the slightest. And we're so much in a so much better spot now than we were then. I, it's just It feels good to have meaningful basketball throughout the year again. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, anyone, one of the two of us or anyone else could – argue with who they think is the best team in the NBA right now, who they think is the best player in the NBA right now. Um, And that's excellent parody from a viewership standpoint, from just, you know, the two of us loving the league and loving the product of the NBA. Um, So I think it's really, really cool. Cause I, yeah, it's like, and then LeBron James scores 50 (laughs) points and he's 38 years old. And you're like, okay, well maybe he's still the best player in the world. Like there's a real argument for it. And then Giannis, you know, has a 40 point triple double the next night too. And then Lucas scores 50 plus against the Spurs. Like it's all, it's incredible. It's incredible to watch. Um, And and some of it of course is elevated just by like what offenses, modern offenses in the NBA are trying to do. And of course that's, that's going to inflate the numbers slightly. Um, but the product of what we're seeing and how these guys can score and how, how many different ways they can score, how athletic these guys are, um, how highly efficient they are from shooting, you know, all across the court. I mean, I was watching the, that Warriors, um, Warriors game last night. I don't know if you caught the end of that, but they wanted double OT. Yeah. Kev- uh, Looney just put back that. I mean, 20, like, oh, God, plus, I wish he was 20 on plus rebounds. I know he's a great player. He's a guy that, He's one of those guys, and it's hard to do this with NBA players because so many of them fit a role, fit a system, fit a team. Um, you could drop him on any team, and he's yes. going to mop up on the offensive glass, defensive glass, and get you ten points in the paint. Yep. I mean, he's he's a luxury that that team has, and they're they're able to win some games without Steph. So we'll see what that team turns into once Steph comes back. Um, clutch shot by Dante Divincenzo, who I'm sure you watched that college run when he did it at Villanova came out of the woodwork. No one even knew who this guy was. And then all of a sudden he was a first round pick. So uh, another guy I wanted on the Mavs That's yeah, another hit, guy I thought would be perfect for this team. Hit a shot with like 0.6 seconds left or yeah. something like that to, to tie it, take it to, to OT uh, really good basketball being playing. I guess, you know, we'll check in with everyone else after uh, the Mavs showdown with the Celtics. It's going to be Luca. It's going to be Jason Tatum. We're going to see who uh, who's crowned, you know, one of them is going to be if one of them has a 50 plus game they're going to be the front runner for the mvp after yep. after this coming game and uh as they should be cuz both these teams are playing really really good basketball right now and they're two of the the best you know six players in the world although i think luka's ahead of tatum i just want to clarify that um number 1 baby he's number, number one, 1 in mvp i in mvp odds i mean i'm pretty sure he's still the leader there for I sure mean, for he, sure he he's just a different he's just a different level of talent and i no disrespect to jason tatum at all i've seen his game develop over the years and i mean it's come a long way and even and he was even good you know a few years ago like it's not like he's ever been bad it's just he's continued to elevate his game which is awesome to see i think it'll really be i think it'll come down to you know i think we'll see a great game out of luca as we typically expect especially when it comes to playing against the Celtics, not only the Celtics, but just great teams in general, but especially the Celtics. Yeah. And then I think it'll really come down to can C Wood continue his efficient, his efficiency on offense and his effort on the defensive end. And I have full confidence that he can. I don't know if he'll be able to do enough. I hope that he can. Like, I'm not trying to say that I'm, I'm expecting a loss. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. It's just, 
like I said, the Celtics team is really, really good. And especially when we have three wing players down, well, two wing players and a, you know, hybrid guy who can switch on to anybody. It's just tough to stop all those guys. Yeah. I think um, he's going to have an opportunity that he didn't have in that first matchup with the Celtics to really go after guys like Horford and, and take Robert Williams away from the paint. Yep. Um, which then can allow Luca to to operate more efficiently and with less pressure down there. I I do want to I want to break this down though because okay you're saying Luca is the best player in the world and mm-hmm. to me I think right now the the three headed international monster exists as the best player in the world so I, I'll say that I can't I can, give any, I can agree with that as well I can't give any one of them the number one spot but I can tell you that Giannis Jokic and Luca are the three best players in the world. Yeah. Um, it's almost impossible for me not to have Kevin Durant as that next guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that like on any given night, I think six guys can be the best player in the NBA. I do think that Tatum is still, he's like 1B to those 1A guys. I even agree. As, even as good as he's played, you see more games where he is inconsistent and has less of a footprint on the game's than the rest of these guys. Um, and uh, I'll throw in that grouping with Luca, with Kevin, with um, with Nicola, and and with Giannis. I'm going all first names. Uh, Joel, I think. Yep. And and then LeBron on any given night. like, But I teeter. Steph went healthy. Steph went healthy. I teeter with Embiid and LeBron into being in that same kind of category as Tatum, where I think that they're kind of 1Bs to the rest of the guys' 1As. I wish that we could have a one AA or a one AB instead of just a one B because I would put, I would put Tatum there. I, I like, I, I appreciate your, your two tiers, right? Cause I, that's how I usually think as well. Um, but it's, I like it's to not, go as, one big, a, it's one not B. as big of a gap to, to push him to an actual tier two. I just like, that's a right. clarification that I think is important. Yeah. I like, like, it's just, oh man, it's just LeBron is, maybe it's just the mindset of it's it's LeBron and this is the era of basketball that we've grown up to watch and it's like LeBron is LeBron. Uh, it, it's so tough for me to put him in the Tatum category. I wish that, like I said, there was an in-between because I think Joel, like what he can do on the floor, no one else can do on the floor at times, especially with his, just his physicality down low and able to get to the foul line. Jokic obviously does that plus a little bit more just a little bit less physical in my opinion, although he is not afraid to get physical with anybody. Right. It's, it's, it's really awesome to see that like the three best players in the NBA are definitely international players. I think it's great for the league. And it's also like, I I totally agree that it could be any one of those three guys on any given night. I think I put Luca ahead of them just because I am a homer to like through and through. I'm a homer. I'm not afraid to admit it. I think that's the best part about doing a mouse podcast is you get to be a homer and just talk about the maps. I think you I think you can put him ahead of Giannis. I think so too. But then you look it's at just Gian- the playmaking. But, but then Giannis has the resume, right? Mm-hmm. He's, got, he's, oh, got 100%. Multiple, he's got multiple DPOIs. He's got a championship. He's got a finals MVP where he scored 50 points. Like it's it, that's where it's really tough with the Giannis Luca thing. But I I know where you're coming from because I I know how you're like looking at it and it's that yeah. Luca's a better basketball player than Giannis. Yes, a hundred percent. And I agree with you there. And I think that you you can do that. And I think you can put him ahead, especially right now in the way that Luca's playing right now. Um, I I still don't think you can do it with Jokic though. I just I he's too 
he's too amazing. Like he's, he's too, amazing. He might win back to back to back MVPs. There's only yeah, three especially... other guys in NBA history who have done that. And one of them I think is the best basketball player of all time. So yes. I, it's just so, it's so difficult. And, but Luka and Jokic do make their guys around them better in a way that Giannis doesn't, but yes. they also don't have, God, they also don't have like quite the dog in them that Giannis does, or it's like a different type of it. Cause Luka certainly has it, right? Yes. Jokic, uh, I'd say Jokic has it too. You just don't see it in the same way that you do with Giannis. Correct. And they don't have obviously the athletic profile. They're both incredible athletes, but not the same athletic profile that Giannis has. I mean, you can I think that's, like, that's what I'm saying. Like out. you can you can like split hairs, and that's why I think like they all have to be in that same category because you can take the no, argument it's a, it, in any which it's way. so much fun to talk about, right? Because it's it's like there's so like we've been saying, it's so much parody in the league. And it's just, it's so much fun to talk about because there's so much talent out there, especially like with these three players, you get them in different ways. Although I, I will say that Jokic and Luka are for the most part, similar in how they play basketball, very cerebral, very, very much wanting to cut up, uh, cut the defense apart and get to get the open look for not only themselves, but for other guys. And then Giannis, his dog comes out when he's ready to be an athletic freak on everybody's head. Like there's nobody in the league. I don't think that can match his athleticism, which is freaking insane, especially for a guy who's probably seven foot. Although I think he's listed at six foot 11, definitely seven footer who can run the floor and defend on the perimeter can defend down low. And it's, it's so much fun to watch. There is times where I see clips of Giannis. I'm like, oh, hey, come on, guys. Let's call it travel. Let's call let's call let's call carry. Come on, let's let's keep it consistent. But then again, that's any of you these know. guys, though. And yeah, exactly. And, and exactly. These refs, these refs are making more of those calls. They're calling more. Which carries. I love to see. They're calling more travels. Um, yeah, I am like a hawk watching pivot foots mm-hmm. out, out of the jab step. And yeah. like when guys pick it up and stuff like that, when they put the ball on the floor. Um Luca is one of those guys that is like, he is so intentional every single time. And if anyone ever called to travel on him, I'd be like, there's no way. Cause his footwork's just too good. It's um, too good. And a lot of those guys that are quote unquote stars or superstars on their team operate on that same level. Uh, Jalen green, I think actually, he, I think he has incredible footwork. I just want to, he did have a bad shooting game, but um, any other guys you want to throw out there that you're just enjoying seeing at this that I'm point? enjoying seeing, um, you know, not not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I would love to see some more just from a mass perspective. Love to see some more Kimball Walker. Would love to see our healthy guys. In terms of across the league, man, it's just it's every you know, at any given point you can have a good game in the NBA. I will say I did see the Pelicans and there is one play when CJ McCollum, they it was a transition opportunity and instead of getting the open basket down low somebody kicked it out to cj on the elbow like from right underneath the basket and it was like this is this is the modern nba this is exactly what's going to happen you're going to make not only the correct decision but the more efficient decision of getting the most points right it's it's really cool to see we're seeing very much a mashup of analytics and athleticism come to its fruition i think in the, either next year or the year after it's going to be really special to see these guys making decisions across the board because you really i think the celtics why i say the celtics are the number one team is because they can literally all dribble drive and kick 
That is the future of the NBA, even, I mean, except for probably Robert Williams, right? He is the one guy, I think, in their rotation who can't do that. I think Al Horford can dribble, drive, and kick. And he's six foot ten, has been a center his entire career, has really evolved his game over his career to fit in the systems that he's been a part of. Yeah. It's that's it's going to come to that. I think that's why you're going to see maybe some changes with the Mavs at the deadline, definitely at the deadline, possibly even more so in the offseason of just instead of having these guys who can three and D like we have been seeing over the last five to 10 years, these guys who can three D and D and that's make threes, play defense and dribble drive. That's that is the future of the NBA. It's, It's happening right now. And it's really fun to watch. It, it's really it's it's going to turn into poetry in motion, I think. And it's going to be super fun to see, especially. I mean, athleticism is just going to keep getting better um, as we find out, as we learn more about the human body, as we keep finding more things to enhance the way that we play the game. And it's just it's it's awesome to see. And so I guess that's the long way of saying it's not any one certain player besides the, you know, besides the guys that we've mentioned, the top guys in the league, it's, it's everybody, right? It's, it's the entire league is, is really elevating itself. In my opinion, like we played a one point game against the San Antonio Spurs who are objectively a bad team. Like there's not there, there's a, on any given night, there's an opportunity to play good basketball and watch a good basketball game, which to me is fucking incredible. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, completely agree and we will uh have the opportunity to recap some absolutely some some hopefully incredible basketball coming up here on the fifth Mavs celtics gonna be a fun one alex disopolis white huskins believe in Mavs. thanks for tuning in with us and uh embarking upon this journey in the new year where we get to watch luka Doncic play basketball which is the the greatest the greatest opportunity that anyone can have in my opinion thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.